Welcome back, everyone. Jody and I are celebrating 27 years of marriage, and we are in the middle of a really long couple's getaway. So in the meantime, we are going to replay some of our favorite episodes and some of the most popular episodes from our podcast. If you've heard these episodes already, then they are definitely worth re-listening to. And if you haven't heard them, then we're excited to introduce you to some more of our excellent guests that we've had on the podcast over the years. We really hope you enjoy listening to this, and we'll be back with you soon. Broken trust can be healed, but it's not just time that's going to heal it. You need clear guidance about what to do and what not to do. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I've developed a free video course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This course will show you what's needed to begin healing after betrayal. I offer guidance for the betrayed partner, as well as the partner who broke the trust. You can access it for free right now by clicking the link in the show notes. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, From Crisis to Connection. Each week on this podcast, my guests and I will give you and your loved ones resources and tools to heal from the crises of infidelity, pornography, abusive behaviors, and betrayal trauma but we also talk about how to build and maintain healthy connection in your most important relationships. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad you're here. In this episode, we are so thrilled to have Wendy Maltz join us again for a third time. I don't know if this is a record or not, but we just loved having Wendy on the podcast and she was so gracious and willing to come back and visit with us for a third time. What a treat. Wendy Maltz, if you don't already know, is an internationally recognized sex therapist, author, and speaker. She has more than 40 years of experience helping individuals and couples overcome sex and intimacy concerns. She's the author of numerous acclaimed sexuality resources, including the recovery classic, The Sexual Healing Journey, a guide for survivors of sexual abuse, as well as The Porn Trap. And previously in the other episodes, we talked about her work with sexual healing from sexual abuse. We also then talked about the impact of pornography on couples and the work that she did with her husband in The Porn Trap, the essential guide to overcoming problems caused by pornography. And in today's episode, we wanted to bring her back to talk about how betrayed partners can relearn touch, especially sexual touch. We wanted to talk with her and really tap into her years and years of experience in working with women, especially who have dealt with the impact of sexual betrayal and how they can reconnect to their own sexuality and relearn touch, specifically how to allow themselves to enjoy pleasure and connection once again, especially with the person who betrayed them. And please note that so many of the situations that we talk about today in the podcast with Wendy can be applied to lots of different scenarios where you are trying to open yourself back up to sexual touch. It can be from some of the experiences and examples that we shared in our first episode with her around healing from sexual abuse, but especially in the context of interpersonal betrayal, relearning sexual touch can be a very difficult thing to do. Of course, you can find great resources from Wendy Maltz on her website, healthysex.com. We will put a link to that in the show notes. We want you to have as many resources as possible to heal from the impact of sexual betrayal in your life. Let's jump right into our interview with Wendy Maltz. 
Well, Wendy, welcome back for the third time. Yes, welcome. <laughs> Glad to be here. Yes, we keep, maybe we'll discover another subject, who knows, as we're talking. But. I sure hope so. Yeah. I think we need to have our, have our own like morning show now. Right, right. Such good stuff. Oh my goodness. Well, today we're going to talk about, last time we had left off on this, not wanting to leave the partners out. Partners that have been betrayed by their partners compulsive pornography use, secret life, things like that, and, and just the impact that it has on them. And then, of course, building into how to reestablish as a couple, a physical touch, intimacy, connection, and safety, all those things that where they can heal together. So let's not get too ahead of ourselves here, Wendy. We'd love to, just in your experience, I mean, I, I've worked in my clinical practice with betrayed partners for a lot of years, and I know you have as well. And I'd love just to hear from you, like, if somebody's listening to this and they're wondering, you know, what happens to them? Like, what's their experience like? What have you seen? What have you experienced when a b- betrayed partner comes forward with, you know, everything? Oh, yes. Well, when there is a porn problem for one person in a couple, the other person automatically is impacted by that. And the couple, as a couple, are affected. So it's a great. It's like creates harm done to a relationship when there's when mm-hmm. one person has a porn problem. And in that respect, healing needs to happen for both people because they're both going through a tremendous time, you know, in terms of partners. And it's often the female partner, but it, it can be a male partner with a female. And I saw these who has a porn addiction or was, you know, had a, a ser- heavily was dependent on porn that the partner who isn't into porn or isn't into porn as much has, you know, goes through this incredible, often incredible feeling of being traumatically impacted. I think I was telling you last time that one woman described it, it was like a knife being just, you know, punched in her heart when she realized that her husband had this incredible involvement with pornography and could not, was having difficulty giving it up. And mm-hmm. I, I, so, you know, it's been seen as a co- one of the primary causes for relationship breakups, for reasons why people decide, thought they were going to get married and then decided not to. For instance, the problems. When you realize a partner has a problem with porn, lots of things can come up in terms of deciding whether or not to have a a lifetime relationship with them. And things like, you know, could I trust this person as a parent to keep porn out of the house? Can I trust this person to not get into illegal activity like looking at child porn or Mm -hmm. accessing porn at work? Or you know, exposing children to pornography, mm-hmm. and and because we were talking about before how the industry channels people into the heavier, the illegal stuff because that's where they can make their money off of images that are more risky or more extreme. So people can easily who are using porn can easily slide into these areas that they never thought they'd be turned things they'd never thought they'd be turned on to all of a sudden they are. And then they get used to them and they associate them with pleasure. And it's really hard to give them up. Mm 
but people do and recovery happens. And then you're kind of left with this, you know, with how to create a good relationship together. So either the, when you're contemplating whether to get more committed and involved in a relationship and you discover the partner has a serious addiction to porn or later on in a relationship when you discover the partner was heavily involved with porn, maybe is in recovery now, maybe not, but that that impact can be traumatic and it can feel like an infidelity. And, you know, people say, oh, but it's just images. Oh, it's just fantasy. Why, you know, how can that be a problem? And, oh, you're taking it too seriously. It's just porn and everybody does porn. But from the partner's perspective, there's a feeling that the sexual energy has is being directed in exclusive manner at, mm. towards the porn. Because when the porn user finds out that the partner, you know, feels bad about it, and then says, oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll quit. I'll stop. It's no big deal. And then the intimate partner finds out, oh, no, you haven't mm. been able to. It's very much like a drug addiction, a serious mm-hmm. drug addiction or alcohol dependency or addiction. You know, people say they'll give it up and then they go into secret, more secretive behavior eight times out of 10 mm-hmm. or yeah. maybe seven times out of 10. I don't know. But it's it, mo- most of the time the person intends to get might even intend to give it up, but it has difficulty because of the nature of the addiction and the sexual pleasure that's come from it. So then the partner, the partner, intimate partner can feel betrayed over and over and over again. And they take it personally. They feel like, why aren't I good enough? Am I not attractive enough sexually? Do I not please you? Do you not enjoy our sexual experience? You know, what's they they go to a place of what's wrong with me? And that most of the time that is so unproductive because they don't they don't intimate partners then don't realize that what's happening here is this it's the product that is so compelling. It's not that they're not sexually attractive or powerful enough. It's that you're dealing with a partner. Nobody can, you know, the, the, the pornography as an all sexual outlet. Nobody can compete with that. Nobody. Mm-hmm. I mean, in porn, you can, people can find anything they want. They can see images. They don't have to worry about negotiating issues or pleasing a partner or finding the right time to make love. It's there. It's easily accessible. And it's often used as a stress reliever, actually more than like, you know, I'm in love with my porn and I'm making love to my porn. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's more like this, I'm getting my fixes more like it, or I'm turning to porn because these things in my life are really stressful. So yeah, very few of the guys that I've talked to over the years, I mostly work with men who struggle with this. Most of them like hate the porn. Like they, mm-hmm. They actually loathe it and they loathe themselves, but they, but, but the, the experience they're having, the, the chemicals and the escape and the numbing is just so powerful that it's, it's hard to give it up. And, but you know, none of them really want to defend it. Yeah. Yeah. And and the shame and the embarrassment that goes on with with being dependent on it 
and not having that ability to determine for themselves what their sexuality is going right. to be like. And that's what, where your counseling comes in, I'm sure, to give them that freedom to move away from porn and to help support them. So, um, yeah, so, and, and yeah. So a lot of the intimate partners, they can get into what's called I call porn copying in the book, the, the Sexual Healing Journey, you know, where people, intimate partners start like a policing that what's going yeah. on on the computer or the intimate partner's behavior. And that, you know, that doesn't work because it creates an unequal kind of balance. You don't, you, you step out of being a lover role and you're more into, you know, somebody who's actively distrusting and, and generating shame, you know, or increasing the shame. So competing or porn copying or self-questioning, all these kinds of reactions or intense worry and fear all the time, anxiety and depression. One of the most significant things I found, and I don't know, you know, if, if you're, if this is true for you, Jeff, and is the, the lack of respect that happens, the broken, the dishonesty leads to broken trust, which creates a lack of respect. And oh, yeah. I, do you, you mean do you on the part of the, of the, the porn viewer or on the part of the, the spouse. The intimate partner stops respecting her husband. Mm, mm-hmm. Yep. You know, okay. in a heterosexual relationship mm-hmm. where the, the male's the porn user. And it's you lose respect. It's just sure. like mm-hmm. you said you were gonna stop this, you didn't stop it. I can't trust you. Or you're looking at that stuff, you know, they could they get a they Maybe they did some porn copying and saw the nature of the pornography. Like that's what turns you on. Yeah. Women mm-hmm. with you know ten foot bosoms or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. And I'm flat chested, or even, or I have a good bosom. What's my with mine? You know, but yeah. it's not ten feet, or there aren't twenty five of them. You know, or something. Yeah. Right. Or you're into animals, or you're into some a person who looks like a child, or the other gender, or you know, or the same gender, you know, it gets into these crazy things. And so this loss of respect over content, over the inability of the porn user to stop using and, and just the lying, though, I think yeah. is the main thing. I mean, it would be one thing if someone went into a relationship and said, you know, I have, I use porn and I, and I'm, Gonna, you know, I intend to continue it, and you can choose whether that fits for you or not. But you know, most of the time, it's somebody who isn't giving indications of having a serious problem with porn, and then they continue it into the relationship. So it feels like an infidelity that continue, you know, a, an affair that was uh, continuing even when the relationship was going on. I think the disrespect from a betrayed partner is so natural because they're being so disrespected mm-hmm. and the hiding, the lying, the gaslighting, obviously the content, but there, there's just so much you know, that hits them in terms of, I don't value you. I don't respect you. I'm not protecting you. I'm not honoring you. And it's, I think it's just natural to feel like, I don't know who this other person is now and I can't respect him. I don't, you know, it's just, it really shuts down their ability to feel 
close, attractive. Of course, you know, they're bonded to him if they're in a long-term relationship. And so it's confusing, but that initial disgust and frustration is pretty natural. And a lot of women that I've talked to, they beat themselves up for that, almost like I shouldn't be feeling this. And it's like, well, I get long-term, it's going to be pretty harmful, but it's a pretty healthy, normal reaction to in some ways stand up for yourself. Yeah. It seems self-protective. Yeah. That it's a way to be able to manage your partner giving their sexual energy to something else. Yes. Mm -hmm. There has been a violation. And Mm -hmm. you know that the word worthless, it's like you can start feeling worthless or you're worth, it's like you do feel your worth is less when you recognize that your partner has a strong dependency and attachment to this product to the extent that your discomfort doesn't matter. It, it, mm-hmm. It's not powerful enough to compete with the draw of porn. And, you know, you imagine a couple then making love where the uh, female, if it is in this kind of relationship, or the partner, the female, is feeling this sense of worthlessness and that mm-hmm. her sexuality is like second rate compared to porn or always worrying, you know, golly, is he thinking about porn right now? Mm-hmm. Making love, you know? Right. So this, that impacts the ability of a relationship to grow sexually. You know, over time in long-term relationships, there's wonderful, oh, like a good wine or something, you know, it just yeah. it, it gets better and stronger and deeper and and more meaningful the sex can be and more pleasurable over time too, because you know each other and you know what your partner likes and and you create this safety where you can explore and there's lots of humor and joy and a sense of history where you can reflect back on earlier times that were fun or you know how you felt um, when you saw part your partner for the first time things like this you have this rich relationship but when couples are impacted by pornography problem it it puts a halt to that kind of growth and development and so yeah there's a lot of work to be done in healing <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And if a couple's going to, you know, get out of the ditch, if you will, you know, if you're saying, yeah, it really runs the marriage, especially their sexual, their dance, their connection, if it really runs it into the ditch and it makes it hard to continue on that. And it adds, it can add like a really dark chapter in their history and make it difficult to navigate around. I mean, I, we, we talked a lot about in the very first episode we had with you around some of the things that, that are necessary for someone who's been sexually abused but I find that a lot of the same things are happening to the body of partners who have been betrayed, mm-hmm. that, that there's very, there's a lot of crossover because they, like you said, they've been violated. And so their bodies are naturally shutting down or they become hypersexual, but they're, the, all the wiring gets kind of crossed and it makes it hard for them to feel comfortable in their own bodies. It's so true. Yeah. And there's another kind of sexual abuse type like victim, which is the porn user himself or herself, because they can, they have, are experiencing some arrested development because there's a lot of learning in terms of being in their body, in their sensuality, full sensuality that is lost 
because of their involvement with porn, they might not even realize how damaged the damage that porn did to their development as a lover, as someone who can experience a deep, intimate connection on a physical level with someone that they care about. But it trains people to have to approach sex in a way that cuts out the heart. It's just visual and Mm -hmm. genital stimulation, you know, and there's nothing about feeling. There's nothing about learning like any real partner who you're smelling, you're tasting, you're, you know, you're creating a dance and a moment together that's that's enjoyable for the two of you. They don't learn those skills you right. know, as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's they have the, there's this other track that's playing in their heads that easily is easy to jump over to during sex with a, a live mm-hmm. partner. So there's that's such an interesting things. perspective, Wendy, to to yeah. see that like the person who's been looking at pornography is really they really been victimized by the pornography. It's like robbed them of their capacity to really love and be loved in a deep way. And oftentimes that's happened when they were children or adolescents. I know it's kind of sad. I mean, it is really sad. I mean, that's what got me the most, you know, worked up in terms of finding the motivation to research and write in this area was the loss that children are experiencing. And how it, that that robbery and the the sexual victimization by pornography. Yeah, we often don't think about that. We often, I mean, it's natural, of course, when they're in an intimate relationship. There's been a there's been secrecy and you know crossing lines and breaking vows, and there's been that betrayal. And so there's clearly been victimization on the part of the betrayed partner. But it is helpful to recognize that you know it really takes both people down, and both people then have to learn how to re-enter a sexual dance, a sexual connection. And I, I don't want to skip ahead of this part too much, but, but I just want to mention that, you know, before a couple can really start to learn how to rebuild their touch and their connection and like this full body experience you're describing, you know, there has to be a period of, of healing in terms of stopping the pornography, restoring safety and trust, stopping the lying and the hiding, the manipulation. I mean, these things are very preliminary because I would never ask somebody to go into this trying to rebuild touch and connection and safety when there's just an ongoing active threat of that getting destroyed, you know, every few days or weeks. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And the porn user will need, the porn user and often the intimate partner will need their own strong support systems as well. Mm-hmm. Because like for the porn, the person with the who had the porn problem is going to need the support of to deal with feelings of relapse or relapse behavior and not burden the the intimate partner with that. But have, I mean, other than to sort of inform, I'm having some difficulties with relapse. I'm dealing with it with my therapist or counselor or, you know, SAA sponsor. And the intimate partner may also need her supports to go I'm just filled with so much anger, or I still have a lot of anxiety that's coming up, and somewhere that she can process that and deal with that. So, but it's possible. And you know, you were saying, I mean, we could say there's a damage done to the sexuality, but, and it's, there's harsh impact on a couple. But one of the positive things to look forward to 
is the rebuilding of the trust and the intimate connection can end up making a stronger, more meaningful relationship and pleasurable sexually even relationship than was occurring in the past. Mm. Yeah. People need to hear that. I agree. That's been my experience as well. And oftentimes people think it's just kind of like, well, you're just damaged goods and you'll just limp along the rest of your life. But couples that really can work together on this, they can build something better than they had. Oh, yes. I mean, you can become good lover, really good, present, meaningful lovers to each other. And, and you know, I think it's part of human nature to want to be special to somebody else, you know, I, and for each person in a relationship to feel like, you know, you're my special person on the whole planet and I care about you the most and, you know, and I think you're wonderful and attractive and, you know, I'm so happy to be with you. We love, in a way, we're sort of like dogs, I think. <laughs> I mean, actually, I really value dogs a lot, okay? Um, but you know how dogs just eat it up when you go, oh, good boy, you're so wonderful, sweetie, oh, I love you, you know? Yeah. And they're just wagging their tails and they're just going. And they like to hear that. They'll come up to you in order to hear that several times a day, right? If you have a dog. Yeah, we're um, not so different. <laughs> we're not so different. You know, uh, like a really good relationship. I, I know there have been studies showing that, like couples who greet each other when they've been apart with a pleasant, you know, affectionate greeting. And they, before they leave each other, you know, I'll be back soon. Love you, you know. <laughs> and then, oh, it's so good to see you. And just like with, a, a, with your pet or whatever, you know, we need that. We need that a number of times a day. And we, in particular, can just soak it in, in, in intimate relating and sensual relating, whether it ends up with sex that leads to orgasms or not, or it's just touching each other, hugging, hugging. Cuddling is one of the number one things that couples say is the most, you know, satisfying in the sure. relationship. And, and so when you learn these new uh, new approaches to touch and sex and, and emotional connection and building a, a connection with a partner that's based on trust and honesty and being present, it starts creating rewards in and of itself that perpetuate it. And I mean, there's a giving up of this sort of addictive uh, relationship with sex. So you do lose right. something and you lose, you have to give up, but you have to let go of something in order to get and build something else. Well, and that, that addictive, it's so one-sided and it's, it has a hollowness to it. Like you uh -huh. said, you're, you're giving up something that's predictable, that's intense, that's convenient, that requires nothing of you. Mm. And so, yeah, it, it's scary to open up to this other world, which is, it's full body, full emotion, full <laughs> everything. It's very different. Right. And, you know, it's interesting, we, the word giving up does, you know, ring because there's a loss, a grieving, but um, there's, just think how much of yourself you had to give up to do it, to do porn. Mm. You have to give up, you have to turn your sexuality over to the product. And wow. it, you know, 
you have to give up your heart. You have to give yes. up your feeling. You have to give up your integrity. You have to give up your sense of worth. And, you know, so there's a, a lot of loss that has already gone on that you gain back when you let go of porn. Wow, that's beautifully put. That's, yeah. that's exactly right. Wow. This concludes the first portion of our interview with Wendy Maltz talking about the impact of sexual betrayal and how betrayed partners can relearn touch. We're so grateful for Wendy's expertise and you can find more information about Wendy and the incredible work that she's done on her website, healthysex.com. And of course, if you want more resources from us, you can find us at fromcrisis2connection.com where we have additional episodes of this podcast, online courses, and all kinds of great resources. Thank you for listening every single week. Stay tuned. The following episode will be the conclusion of our interview with Wendy Maltz. Mm-hmm.